I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. Uh, we have a compromise this week. As you can tell, the audio quality isn't the greatest, but that's because we are doing this live in Las Vegas. Joining me this week, uh, Cooper, who's been covering the games, man. A long time overdue that yes. we should have had you on, but uh, how's it been, bud? Uh, it's been fun. Thank you for thanks for having me on the show. It's good to be in Vegas. Uh, it's my first summer league, and it's been... It's been pretty exciting so far, uh, just being being in the mix with all these NBA folks. So yeah, it's it's a it's a fun time to be in Vegas, as we were saying. Other than the just stupid weather, um, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> but other <laughs> than the 110 degree heat, this week, uh, well, I get it's week two weeks of summer league is always such a fun time to be here. Just to just to hang out, meet people, be amongst all these people you kind of see online all. Uh, all year long and you get to kind of meet up here i have been in vegas i have not watched uh much summer league at all admittedly you have been at the games so um fill me in a little bit because on friday the only thing i have really seen and what we kind of have to talk about we're recording this before sunday's game so we're hoping nothing else too breaking happens but on friday the big story LeBron and Russ, the bromance is officially over. Last year, they show up to uh, Vegas together. This year, very much not together. What was that like uh, in person to see whatever that awkward dynamic was? Yeah, so it was pretty crazy because... So I'll I'll rewind the clock before we get Mm -hmm. to the, the Westbrook LeBron bit because it's worth sort of like... Talking about how the vibe changed. Yeah. So, Summer League is like, these days are really long. Like, Very. like the games start at like 11, one, noon, 1-ish, and they go basically until 10 p.m. So, like the crowd that's in there like might have showed up for two ga- basketball games earlier. And like, as the day goes on, like, fans tend to like kind of want to get towards the end and get a little tired. So, the Lakers have been getting like the premier slot each day that they've played, or they've played once now, but... It's so, like, this is the end of the day. People are tired. But, like, right as this Laker game is about to start, like, a sea of purple and gold yep. starts to file in. Um, you know, like, Laker fans travel, right? Like, yep. Like, a lot especially of Laker fans. Especially to Vegas. Especially to Vegas, exactly. So, a lot of Laker fans start coming in. So, the vibe already starts to, like, pick up a little bit. Like, people are excited for the Laker game. And then, like, maybe 15 minutes before the game starts-ish, LeBron walks in. And I was oh, yeah. standing in the tunnel like, right next to where LeBron walked in, and just, like, boom. You know, it's like the Beatles coming in. Oh, like, yeah. So, I'll so say, you want to talk about vibe changes. Yeah. LeBron coming in, everybody notices when he walks in. So, it's, like, so it's like now, like, like, you know, like, the, the prophet of the NBA <laughs> is, like, walking into the yeah. building, and, like, literally every single person in the entire arena is, like, fixated on yeah. LeBron. No All one cares about the basketball game anymore. Yep. I don't I actually don't even remember who was playing before the Celtics. <laughs> to it was that like, point. It was, like, completely irrelevant. Um, actually, yesterday, people were booing because there was a foul that, like, delayed the start of the next game as the clock was running out. So, anyway, so LeBron shows up, and it really changes everything. And then Westbrook arrives at some point, 
and like obviously not nearly the same level of recognition. Like I didn't know, even know all who eyes was. were not on yeah. Westbrook when he yeah. arrived. Yeah, like all eyes are still on LeBron. Like LeBron all night is getting like trade for Kyrie and yeah. like like just getting heckled by fans or like take a picture with me. Like I love you, LeBron. Like everything yeah. all night long. People are not watching the game. So at some point, Westbrook pulls up and like it's people start chattering about it. Like oh, Westbrook's over there. Like he's sitting in the corner. Do you see him? And then he's just sitting there. And then at some point, he goes and like barks at the whole team during a, a timeout as, like, his quote-unquote leadership. Yeah. As they lost by 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very reminiscent of some other games this year. Yeah. Uh, he played about as much defense in that game yeah, as he did very, very much. this season. Um, but, yeah, and then it just sort of, like, kept happening, and, like, I was sitting, like, 10 feet away from LeBron, and then Westbrook was on the other side of the court. So, like, I, in my head, I'm just like, oh, what's good with LeBron? Like, I, I'm, like, near Woj. I'm near McMenamin. Like, yep. I'm just watching these people talk. Like, I'm very focused on that. And then I realize, like, as people are talking about it later, like, oh, Westbrook hasn't come over. Because yeah. all of these different players, and Michael, who I'm staying with, who writes for Clutch Points, like, did a story of, like, these were all of the people that LeBron <laughs> did talk to. Yeah. You know? So, and it was, like, 13 or 14 with, like, uh-huh. uh, like, Players on the Lakers, like coaches, like Baron Davis, just Oddly, brought his randomly. kid over. Yeah, um, I love Baron Davis. Shout out to Baron. Oh, he's a, he was an OG, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why he's talking. I don't know why he's here. Is he a coach somewhere? No, he's like a Hollywood guy. He's like producing TV shows oh, and like has okay. lots of ventures. Well, now. then that he might be with yeah. LeBron in yeah. that respect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're they're connected. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, like all these people come over, and it very much felt like the like the beginning of Godfather One, where like <laughs> they like uh, you know like they're coming for favors on this daughter's yeah. wedding day kind yeah. of thing, like paying their respects, kissing the yeah. ring, um, and then obviously the one notable exception. So it wasn't like like the loud, overwhelming like this is the obvious thing that's happening, but like it sort of crept up mm-hmm. as the evening went along. Um, like oh this is this is awkward and then yeah. he left at halftime and LeBron continued to just smile and be the king and <laughs> sit with Taylor and whatever so it was one of those things where like you might not have thought of it right away but the more you saw people like shaking his hand you thought huh I didn't see Russ do that and then like exactly they're just not acknowledging each other it's such a weird dynamic with those two right now with with the Lakers and Russ in general, but like specifically with those two, you look back to last year, it was right after the Lakers traded for Russ, like LeBron and Russ are working out together and they're going to to Vegas together and there's the pictures of them and um, that just comparing that to where we are now, it's just like, I don't know what type of relationship LeBron and Russ have, like it sure doesn't seem great right now. Uh, it's it's odd that, like, if it's to this point publicly, I can only imagine that, like, they're probably not working out together this summer. And so, like, it's this weird dynamic the Lakers have created where, on one hand, Darvin Ham keeps talking about he's going to start. He, he's going to play defense. He's going to do this. He's going to do that in year two. While they're also very openly shopping him for Kyrie, is that like assuming the Russ isn't traded for Kyrie? How does that dynamic even work when you come into training camp? It feels like it's just like they're they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth, and at some point it would come to a head if this Kyrie trade doesn't work. Yeah, so I think I think you kind of have to be of, of two minds, right? Like it's like 
what does working mean? Like, does working mean like winning a championship or like having a presentable basketball team? <laughs> well, because the, yeah. those are uh, neither of those happened last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, I was gonna say, but like, <laughs> like there are there are ways to improve on last year and still not win a championship. You yeah. Know? So like, I also want to just rewind the clock and like recall that incident at the game where well, I forget who they were playing, but it might have been Indiana where Westbrook was pulled in the fourth quarter and then, like, came over to LeBron and AD and oh, put his yeah, hands on their yeah. sh- Another Godfather reference, but, like, yeah. that felt like the Fredo moment to <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Was, like, I can't remember like, who that was, but I very specific. Like, he was saying, like, if I was in there... He's like, like, sorry, I can't help you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But he was, like, blaming Frank Vogel, but yeah. he'd also been terrible all game. So it's He like, blamed a lot of people for a lot of things except himself yes, last season. Definitely. And then, so there's that, and that was really ugly. And, like, you've never seen, a, like, a teammate show up LeBron like that. That's, like, yeah. that's like pretty nasty. Yeah. And then, like, doubling down on that, he literally blamed LeBron and AD in his exit interview. For not letting Russ be Russ. Exactly. And I think a lot of people have rightly called that, like, delusional like literally on wax called that delusional from a lot of different outlets so um and i think that's accurate so like i don't think there's a way that lebron can be like yes i believe in westbrook as a championship player like let's do this thing but i do think there's probably a way that if they're stuck with him they can just sort of passively be like we are gonna do the basketball thing and like (laughs) he's gonna sit if he's bad but like they're they're pros and they're making a ton of money to go to work and so like they do know how to show up and clock in and clock out, but like, is it going to work? Absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, and and LeBron's smart enough to realize that. Like, yeah, you even if he was maybe not smart enough to foresee that, which so many people did, he's smart enough to have. I mean, he played with them this year, and he knows even as much as they didn't play together because of injuries. Uh, I mean, he he knows that even when they were playing together, it didn't really work, uh, and that. As you were referencing, Russ doesn't really take accountability. It's just kind of this grinding effect of every time he doesn't do it, it just gets more and more frustrating. And then, I mean, I still can't believe the the exit interview he had. And I, every time I think about, like, Darvin Ham saying, oh, we'll bring him back next season, I think back to that exit interview where it felt like he nuked every bridge yeah. with the Lakers in that interview with, with Vogel, with the front office, with LeBron and AD. Literally pick a name. And yeah, with, yeah LeBron and AD specifically because of just how much control they have over this this team, this clutch has with this franchise right now. And so it's such an odd dynamic that um, I it's just wild that you can – it's just this perfect reference point a calendar year apart of the Lakers, like LeBron with Russ when it first started to where we were Friday where – they're very much not on the same page, and it, obviously it's because of this, the, the Kyrie Irving trade rumors, and we've talked plenty about that across the network and everywhere. Everybody's heard about that. On Friday as well, uh, there was a report from Jovan Bua who said that um, some within the Lakers prefer a Buddy Heald, Miles Turner trade versus a Kyrie one. I know I read some stuff that today that – Others feel like the Lakers might not have enough to trade for Buddy, or Buddy and, and Miles Turner. Kind of setting that aside, where do you stand on a, a Kyrie trade versus a, a Buddy and Miles Turner trade? Buddy linked to the Lakers for Lord knows how many yeah. summers in a row now. Where do you stand on, on a Kyrie trade versus a, a Buddy and, and Miles one? So I think 
it's smart for the Lakers to be putting out as as smart as it is for them to be putting out there that they love Russell Westbrook and they want to bring him back. Yeah, like that's the that's sort of like the emotional labor of like covering up uh, what LeBron doesn't have to do anymore. He doesn't want to cover for Westbrook anymore. Yeah. Um. But and like you saw that right? They didn't say hello to each other. But I think putting out there, you know, that we want these other guys that aren't Kyrie. That's you know that's just leverage against the Nets. It's like oh we don't even have to make a deal. We'd actually rather do a deal elsewhere. <laughs> so. But me, Cooper, in yeah. a playing 2K, like switching rosters, <laughs> like which team do I want to play with? I which team am I going like, to go to games and like watch play yeah. basketball? Like it's not a question. Yeah. It's freaking Kyrie Irving. Like I don't think Kyrie Irving is a top five all time player. Like some like like some people were saying with the top seventy five thing, talking about him as like all time score or whatever. But it's still Kyrie Irving. Like he had yeah. sixty points on like thirty like less thirty shots or less yeah. last year in a game. Like. He's literally been the number two on a LeBron title team. Like, you don't even have to do any, like, gymnastics to explain that one. Literally won a championship as the second best player. He would be the third best player. And, like, if you look on on potential Lakers with him on it next year, and if you look at that, like, Cleveland roster, it was really not that good. And, again, LeBron's a little older, but, like, he has Anthony Davis also. Yeah, they'd never had anybody as good as AD. As good as Kevin Love was. No, it's not even close. He was an AD, especially defensively. It's a. It's also just kind of the strategy the Lakers have had. They love having, and it's what Rob Palenka has chased is this three star model. Yeah, and it's what it's what led them to Russ. But I mean, they chased Kawhi for a while. They were chasing PG when LeBron first got here. They obviously prefer having three stars and kind of figuring out the rest of the roster. I don't necessarily know if that'll work in the league still. Um, but the the counter argument to that is that's what Buddy and Miles would bring is maybe a bit more balance. Um, you'd rely a lot on LeBron and AD, and considering their health issues, that's yeah. that's concerning. But you get somebody in Buddy who makes perfect sense playing alongside Buddy and Le- or alongside LeBron and AD, um, and a consistent knockdown shooter. You get Miles Turner who can. Uh, is one of the rare guys who can protect the rim, guard centers that AD doesn't want to, while also giving you the ability to play four out one in that that um, Darvin Ham wants to play. It's just, I don't know if it's worth not going after Kyrie for. I, I certainly would prefer Kyrie. That's not a bad plan B if the Nets really don't want to trade Kyrie. I really can't imagine them going back into training camp as if everything's fine and Katie and Kyrie are going to play and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, with with Kyrie, like, on court, I can't imagine a better player to put with LeBron and AD than, yeah. than Kyrie Irving. He's, I mean, everybody's talked about it. He's the ball handler that allows LeBron to play off ball. He's the shooter when LeBron is on the ball. Like, he's, he's absolutely perfect as – as me covering the Lakers, as you covering Lakers, those Kyrie pressers are gonna suck. I don't know. I like it. I, I you I mean, like I, the chaos. I think it'll be funny. Like, I, yeah. I don't have to like. It's a. It'll be better than Russ in that respect. Russ is like like interpersonally rude. Yes, you know very what I mean? much. Like, so. like I, I've literally asked him a question before, and he's just texting. You know, and like doesn't yes. answer the question. Like, how am I supposed to write an article about that? Yeah, and Kyrie will at least say something. He might say something crazy. He'll but... talk about that third eye. And that <laughs> yeah. is why he's I mean, he's healthy. I guess you could write an article in that sense, but 
Yeah, I mean, it might be weird, but uh, it's it at least be, not like it's, abrasive. Yeah, you know? we're going to have much weirder articles at Silver Screen and Roll next season. But uh, yeah, it's just this that dynamic is with uh, with like you were saying with Kyrie. You know, with LeBron, that he is it works. And, I think you made a really good point that I want to circle back to. Mm-hmm. You said the Lakers are interested in a three-star model. Yeah. I think that's really accurate. I think in terms of like the act, like what the team wants, they want three stars, and I think they've wanted it, like you said, since PG, since Kawhi. Yeah. Like, this is not a new thing. They've wanted it since then. They just made it work. Yeah. They made it work without it. Because, I mean, if you look at LeBron and AD, like that was the best playoff duo, and I don't even know how long. Like, yeah. Just two guys absolutely supernova. Yeah. But I think they want three stars. Um so I do believe that Kyrie probably does a lot for them in terms of what, how they want to build a team. And then also, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are kind of interesting players because they're the kinds of guys where, like, if you play, if your team plays them one night and they just torch you and you're like, God, those guys are so good. But then also, if you're a fan of the team and you're, you're from Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. So I've watched them a fair amount. You've probably seen plenty of this, but I feel like they're the kind of guys where, like, if they're on your team, and I, I've read some of Caitlin Cooper's stuff. Yeah, who's really awesome. For, yeah, amazing. Everybody go follow her. Yeah, she's fantastic. But she covers the Pacers for SB Nation, um, and she's written about how like some of the warts of those two guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like Buddy's just not a good defender at all. Not a good defender. Not somebody you can rely on. And he's really strictly a shooter. Like, he's yeah. not creating shots for other people. He's just, like, firing. And sometimes yeah. that's awesome if you're going to get, like... If he's hitting them, yeah. it's really good. But then sometimes it's not. Yeah. So, he's His also own. getting really tough shots, too. So Yeah, which you would think with LeBron and AD, they'd be easier. But his archetype also doesn't necessarily hold up all that well in the playoffs. When you get Agreed. there, is that if you're having a guy that's strictly a shooter, can't defend... He's going to get targeted by defenses, and if he's not hitting shots, what's he bringing to the table? Also, just because LeBron and AD could theoretically get him better shots, does that mean that he's going to actually only then take those, or is he going to continue yeah. to take the tough ones that he's used yeah. to taking for the last half decade? I mean, that is, that is an adjustment that maybe they don't, that is not talked about enough, is that going from the tough shots, all coming off screens, trying to force one up, versus just standstill spot-up shots are, are different very different types of shots. And I, I've listened to like JJ Redick, for example, talk about yeah. you. It's very, it's two very different types that you have to practice both of them. So I don't know how much buddy has practiced like standstill. I mean, I'm sure he'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Than and most, I, and I, I don't doubt that he'd be good, but it, it's a, there is an adjustment there. And it's the same with miles Turner that on paper, he, he's a better than average three-point shooter for big men. Um, I was going to try to look it up. He's not great. Uh, he ha- He's very streaky, mm-hmm. might be the best way to put it with his three-point shot. Um, but he still, he, there's probably a reason he's been on the trade block for two, three years with the Pacers, even when they were trying to build around somebody there's probably a reason. He's a 34.9% three-point shooter. He's like good for your five, but it's not yeah. like you're like drilling. Like yeah, after his market. his rookie season where he wasn't very good at them, it's 35%. So That's fine. It's fine. Yeah, for a center, it's fine. It, it's kind of whatever. Last year's Lakers, that might have been like the third best three-point shooter on the team. But um, He's an awesome rim protector. I think that, he, that's where his value would be. Yeah, and pairing him with AD, like, it would be pretty solid. He's not really a guy who wants to be on the perimeter, but 
No. Around the rim, he's really solid. I, I think my biggest concern with him, and this is I'm stealing directly from Kaylin Cooper, so yeah. shout out to you. But she wrote about how Turner is like just not a great basketball player. Like he's very good at blocking shots and sometimes shooting threes. But like, especially with a LeBron team, who is, in my opinion, the greatest advantage creator of all time. Uh-huh. Like just the ability to create an advantage and then pass that along to a teammate. I don't think Miles Turner is particularly trustworthy as a guy who's going to like attack a closeout really well or just like get switched onto a smaller guy and then boom, you're scoring the post. Like even the way you've seen Aaron Gordon do a lot of times with yeah. Jokic, like he'll just get a smaller guy on him and it's a bucket. Even if he's not a great post player, he could take the advantage. I don't think like you'll see Miles Turner get post post up a guard because the switch will happen and he'll be like, uh, I don't know what to do, uh-huh. and then swing it. So you want guys that aren't even necessarily the most talented, but just make the right decision and execute properly every single time next to LeBron. And, like, that's why Kyrie's awesome. Yeah. Because Kyrie's just, you throw him a little advantage, and it's two points. Or, yeah. Or three. Yeah. Um, I feel less, I feel like we could get some ball stopping, a little bit of, like, passing into the wrong man, we lose the advantage. It's just, like, a little bit clunky, a little bit record skippy with Miles Turner. And I don't know if that's the best fit with LeBron. It's all, It would also, it would be a very different fit than what they've had with the center as well, which... I don't know how much that matters because LeBron and AD are really the only holdovers from this whole kind of era with them. But when it's worked, it's been next to kind of an athletic rim protector, lob catcher. And like, while Miles can do that, that's not really what his game is. So He's a pick and pop guy. Yeah, exactly. So it, it would have to be a different dynamic. Maybe that works better in a, a four-out, one-in system. We don't entirely know what Darvin Ham wants to do, but... There would just be a lot of question marks there that really don't exist nearly as much with Kyrie just because we know what he can do with LeBron, and he he did it at the highest level with LeBron, and we know what AD can do with LeBron, and and he did it at the highest level. So your only questions are, can Kyrie and AD play together? And, like, if that's your only question, then I I feel pretty good about where the Lakers are. You would would hope that the the LeBron on-off numbers are – are a lot better because they're probably coming with Kyrie or AD, at least one of them on the court. So it's an interesting debate um, from a basketball fit. I, I would prefer Kyrie, and it would be there, – there are worse plan Bs to have. Eric Gordon is potentially a plan B as well. I'm not entirely certain – how that a wild fit on the yeah night. yeah did he really <laughs> yeah he had like a merce going and a, <laughs> okay and some joggers <laughs> uh, I don't entirely know I don't think that would be a rush trade that feels more like maybe a THT Kendrick Nunn type of deal he doesn't make the money that Russ does so it would have to be other players potentially included but um, I mean it, it's nice they have Plan B's Plan B work for them. The first year LeBron and AD were together and they won a title. Um, I really, plan A seems to, uh, it's pretty clearly plan A uh, with Kyrie. And we'll see. I, I still am confident that he will probably end up, Kyrie will be a Laker. I just, I don't think Brooklyn has any other options. Uh, nobody else seems interested in Kyrie. And I, I don't think they can bring him back. And so that alone... I think Kyrie's going to be a Laker. Yeah, I think the Lakers are prepared for the possibility of having to start the season with Westbrook on the roster. But, like, I don't... I, I don't think... know if Jacob's prepared for that possibility. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. That's going to be an awkward media day if it happens, but. But I think Kyrie I, I don't disagree. Lakers. I don't know yeah. when it happens, but I do think Kyrie will end up on the Lakers. Yeah, so it's it that doesn't really have a, a timetable. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that one goes about, and um, I don't know. It feels like it ha- could happen at any moment. We'll we'll see if uh, if and when Russ and Kyrie are dealt. The, the Summer League Lakers have been not great. Uh, they, they've had moments, but Friday was certainly not one of those moments. Uh, again, you were there. Scottie Pippen Jr. was the, the big positive takeaway. What did you think of his, uh, his performance Friday and then just kind of his game in, in total as we've seen him for, I think, four games now? Yeah, so I think, one, I will say the game was the sideshow in that yes, game. Yes, very much. So, like... We, we, there's a reason we led with LeBron and yeah, Russ yeah, no, and it, not the game itself. And, like, there is a reason. Like, yeah. like they're playing not good players that are not going to ever play in the NBA, like, yeah. mostly across the roster. So, uh, it's reasonable to care about the best player in the NBA who's sitting courtside versus yeah. the, I mean, unless you're, like, really there, craving for There the weren't going game. to be many people at Summer League this year that would have outstaged LeBron and Russ having a stare down yeah. from across the court at each other. Yeah, but especially not on the Lakers. So yeah, nobody on the Lakers. Yeah. Max Christie does not have that pull no. power yet. No, not yet, not yet. So, to answer your Scottie Pippen question, I am ready to play my flag. Really? I'm ready. I think he's playing, I don't know about like major minutes, but yeah. real minutes for the Lakers this year. I think he's really good. I think what I've seen in person has made me feel even stronger about him. Like, there are players on the Lakers roster who seem like towards the back end who I've spoken to that seem like like they really feel like they want to prove something, you know? Like they want to like I belong here, like I'm in the league, like this is my moment, like everybody needs to know that. And Scotty Pippen Jr. is like, where am I supposed to go? Uh-huh. Okay, I got you. I got. I'll do this. Word, where uh, I'll get my twenty and I'll do my. I'm, I, I think I'm pretty good on defense. Like, yeah, it's like. This is a confident dude who yeah. knows how to play basketball. He's got a way deeper bag on offense than I think people realize, or I, certainly I realized heading in here. Like, he was a 14th leading scorer in NCAA, which is not nothing. Uh-huh. And, like, he is hitting, you know, in and out, step back jumpers and making them look easy and then blowing uh-huh. by people and getting to the rim and getting fouled. Like, there's a game there. And, like, he makes the right decision. He makes it quickly. He's a very bad lob passer, which is a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Got to work on that because those yeah. are going to be there with AD. But he's throwing them. And he's yeah. throwing them at the right time. And, like, I don't feel like that's an impossible skill to improve yeah, yeah. on, especially yeah. when you start. I mean, who's he played with? It's, it's more like, of a timing thing, too, than, yeah. than anything else. And I, I frankly didn't watch any Vanderbilt, but, like, did he no, play I, with no. the. No, he did not have a lob catcher like yeah. that at Vanderbilt. So, yeah, AD was AD's probably outclassing the Vanderbilt bigs. <laughs> Just by a little bit. Yeah. So, like, I have a lot of faith in him. And, and he's a little bit short. He's, like, like 6'1"-ish. But he's got a really long wingspan. Uh-huh. So I think he can play, like, both one and two and be, like, a good bench combo guard. And, like, if you're, like, other options, like, hypothetically, or somebody like DJ Augustine or, like, a Darren Collison, like, he's just so much more competent. Than it is wild how much the Lakers have worked out Darren Collison. I don't know why. I think, <laughs> I think he's getting tired. Once a week. Yeah, exactly. Once a week, they bring that man in for a workout for some reason. I know. The, he's, a, he's, a, he's a class act, so I don't, I, I'm not knocking Darren, but. Yeah. Uh, so, on Friday, Scottie Pippen had 19 points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, was 6 of 14 from the field, 1 of 5 from the three-point line, uh, 6 of 10 at the at the free-throw line. 
it's interesting as well because um, I I don't specifically know who is the backup point guard for the Lakers next season. I would assume it's Kendrick Nunn. He's not like a... I don't know who the starting point guard is for the Lakers. Fair enough. <laughs> Russ or Kyrie, yeah, I assume, will one be one, other, of, yeah. one of them. But yeah. after that, I don't really know... I. Kendrick Nunn probably maybe THT is kind of a nominal point guard, but is it, Reeves the starting two like is that uh, right now or is Nunn at the two like I don't know like or yeah. is Reeves the backup point guard? Uh, it's probably well, Re- Reeves did talk about wanting to play more point guard as well. I don't know if it's something they've had him working on at all. Um, I but, like him as a point guard next to LeBron, where you have like yeah. LeBron as the real point guard, but he's yeah. like facilitating. Yeah, and and Reeves played point guard in college at, at Oklahoma and at uh, Wichita State. Uh, more at Oklahoma, but so, I mean, there's a lot of questions. We don't really know what this guard rotation is like, so that kind of opens up the possibility of Scottie Pippen Jr. getting a uh, a two-way deal. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned kind of about his confidence. He's probably always had to kind of be like that, considering his name, yeah. and, and the fact that he's always going to be kind of linked to his dad, and he had to prove himself over and over but it's legitimate, though. You know what oh, I mean? yeah, like, very you much. You have a guy who's, like, posturing, you know, yeah. and it smells fishy, but he's just, he doesn't feel, I don't I don't feel, it seems to me, like he does not feel the need to do that. Not yeah. to speak for his mental state, but it doesn't feel like he's pressing. He, both he and Jordan Ott, who was the head coach for this past game, were talking about his game afterwards, and Ott was like, he, he I think he pressed a little bit too much, and then Scotty came out and was like, it was weird. It's weird right now because like we just lost Mac McClung and like Huff is in yeah. here. So like all of a sudden I'm doing more and maybe I did a little too much. But like he knows it's a very weird basketball situation. Six for fourteen. Like some of those are forced. Yeah. But like they don't have anybody on this terrible no. team. So yeah. I'm a fan. I'm planting the flag. Like I I feel vindicated on Austin Reeves last year. I think he's gonna be like another NBA player. How, how big of a role it is, I'm not super sure. Like, hopefully it's not that big of a role, because if it is, then they're terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because he's an undrafted rookie getting big yeah. minutes, you know? But, like, I think he's an NBA player. Somebody that will eventually be an NBA player, but may not be next season, Max Christie, mm. the Lakers, signed him to uh, the two-year minimum deal uh, because they used up their full taxpayer mid-level on Lonnie Walker. Um, so, Max Christie has had a rough summer league he looks like he's pretty far away from from being able to contribute yeah um i think that's fair from like a broad perspective i think there are definitely things to like in there oh yeah um and i think there's probably enough where he could on a real team where they have like actual scores and stuff where he's Mm -hmm. not like one of the main guys doing the stuff yeah he could look a little less rough um, which is weird to say that he like looked less rough in the NBA than in summer league. <laughs> yeah. But like, there is an aspect to these kinds of games that it's just like, like the Cam Thomases, like the walking buckets look the best, even yeah. if they're not actually like the best players to. Honestly, these are like glorified pickup games. Uh, they're they're a little yeah. more organized, but no, these actually, are these are these are glorified pickup games. Yeah. No, I'm fully on board with that, and like seeing them in person. It's honestly stunning. Like, yeah. Like it's more it's more loosey goosey than you even see think it is like when you see a little ESPN ticker on the bottom. Yeah. Um. They're they're really rough, uh, quality games. So yeah, again, a guy like that without, and maybe that makes Scotty Pippen look even better. Like a guy yeah. who has a, a real polished bag versus uh-huh. Max Christie who has like, you know, 
a negative Merce, like yeah. zero bag. Yeah. But there are things to like, right? So he's playing good defense. He's very, very long. He's really a lot bigger than I think I realized in terms of just like height. Um, he's pretty quick. He's very bouncy. The second jump is really impressive. Like he gets, he's going to get like two offensive boards a game. I think he had eight total rebounds last game. Like he's just really all over the place. And you love to see that from a young player. Um, his shot making has been bad. He keeps going to these floaters in the mid range, and he's made like one of them, maybe two. It seems a little almost uncertain of what to do in that area. Yeah. So my theory about that is partially it's footwork and confidence, yeah. and like knowing what shots you can go to and whatever. And partially it's like, you know, if I like exhale too hard, like I may blow him over. <laughs> yeah. So like, he just needs to add muscle because yeah. he gets he's like afraid of getting knocked around because he gets knocked off his spot so easily. So he's like tentative and then he overpresses and then he's out yeah. of position. So he just kind of can't settle into his game because everybody has 20 pounds on him. Yeah. So I think the underlying sort of athletic skills and size are there, but there's just a lot of meat to add to the bones that literally. I like. Yeah, literally. Yeah. He, uh, there's a lot. You can see why the Lakers wanted him. I'm still a little surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be. I just kind of thought they were going to draft somebody that would be able to play next season, especially after buying the pick. They did the same thing with THT, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised. But there's a, you can see all the reasons why they drafted him defensively. It's not He does so many little things already yeah. that, that makes him really good. He knows how to use his, his size to, to contest shots and things like that. So I'm really high on him defensively. You can see kind of bits and pieces elsewhere. Like you said, the rebounding. His shot looks really pretty. Uh, it doesn't go in much. It hasn't gone in much. I think that can be a strength thing, too. You know, as yeah. you, if you're, like, weak and you spend a lot of energy defensively and then you, like, run back down, like, you have no legs. And yeah. Like, I think, you know, anybody who's, like, played any pickup basketball knows that it sucks after you, yeah. like... Like actually try on one possession, whatever. But like it's true at the NBA level too. You're um, making some ex- some assumptions that I try on both ends. Of the <laughs> Defense is where you take off. Um, but yeah, no normal, normal pickup, yeah. Yeah, so I have faith that he will become something. But I think this is going to be like a THT rookie year with him, where he's going to spend a lot of time in the G League. He's going to be need to put on some weight, put on some muscle, and then year two comes around and. There'll be moments throughout the season I think he, he'll he step in and maybe flash some things like THD randomly did in that Rockets playoff series. Yeah. I could see Christie having a moment like that where he knocks down a couple shots, maybe makes a stop defensively in a game and provides a little spark. But ultimately, I, I think he's going to see a lot more time in the G League, which might be what he, he needs to it's some degree. Probably good for him. Yeah, what he needs to some degree right now to – to get a little more comfortable with those floaters, with just building up that strength and whatnot. I mean, is there anything else from Summer League, these guys that have stood out so far? Yeah, I think if you think of the trio of the players that they actually signed, the two two-way guys and then Christy with the draft pick, you can sort of get a little bit of a view into like what the Lakers are trying to do with yeah. their, their team-building assets here. I think if they're picking somebody, if they're using a draft pick, and like I know we, we both thought... And you just said, like, heading in, they, they would probably try to pick somebody that could help them now. I think they feel that the kinds of guys that can help a team with LeBron are just, like, very standard skill sets. And, yeah. like, those are kind of gettable. Guys that are, like, competent are, like, very available, especially in today's mm-hmm. NBA. Like, there's so much talent out there. 
you can get guys who can make shots. You can like play passable defense. You can't get guys who are like high level two way wings. Yeah. And so like if you have a chance to develop one and like bring one in now on the cheap, like go make a swing and like try to do it with Christie. And so I think they were like, we have an upside play here by buying a pick. Uh-huh. You know, they said stuff about how like we saw value from like twenty to thirty five is approximately the same. So they basically see this as like their first round pick and their development, and this is a lottery ticket for them. I think they probably would like to get minutes out of Swider and and or Pippen, and I would wager that at least one of those guys, assuming the Lakers make the playoffs, ends up on a full NBA contract. Um, if, Swider, if Swider keeps shooting like he has for most of Summer League, I don't think he shot particularly well on Friday, but uh, in, in San Francisco, he was lights out for most of that. If he shoots like that, he's going to find minutes on the floor because... The Lakers don't have any shooting right now. Like he, yeah. he's already one of the five best shooters on the Lakers roster. As I, a, I mean, he might be one of the twenty best shooters in the NBA. Yeah, like, and, like already. And, and he has size. He just his mix of size and shooting is something the Lakers don't have a lot of. So, I wouldn't be surprised based on how the roster looks right now if Swider gets some minutes just because of the role he plays. But. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, he's really, really slow-footed. He's, so that's yeah, it, w- it, would be, it would be reserve minutes for sure. Like, I just think if that doesn't get better, he's going to be a liability on defense. And I think yeah. in today's NBA, it's harder to hide a Steve Novak or a Jason Capono somewhere Steve on the floor. No- two great names I haven't thought of. <laughs> former, <laughs> Laker, former Laker Jason Capono. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And then and Steve Novak. I haven't, I haven't yeah, thought about I the, about the belt in, in quite a while. Yeah. Two uh, great they names. They both won three-point championships, didn't they? Or three-point competitions, didn't they? I don't, did Capono? I don't Capono remember. definitely. Did. Okay, well then, yeah, they both did because I know, know Nova, I did, right? Yeah, I yeah, know I remember Capono did. Yeah, so shout out to both those guys. Yeah. But yeah, that those are probably two fair comps to, especially Novak to Cole Swider. Like if you put him in a spot, and Swider's actually been good off movement and even like one dribble, which is yeah. really impressive. But like he's probably like somewhere in between Duncan Robinson and Steve Novak, right? Where you're like you're not really sprinting <laughs> yeah. around like Duncan Robinson, but you could like do it a little bit. But if you sit in the corner and you just get a chest pass from LeBron, like. It's, it's which you'll get those, yeah. You'll, yeah get, you'll get them. You'll you'll get those yeah. from, from LeBron, but I, I could see him some spot reserve minutes, maybe if they're they're resting somebody or something like that. So, I mean, it, is he going to be that much worse than Melo on defense? And is his shot selection going to be that bad? Melo by the end of the year last year was just brutal on defense. Like he was yeah. worn down, and they were just, teams were just putting him in pick and rolls, and he just had no idea. So yeah, you're you're not wrong if. If they're playing drop coverage like that, then he's not going to be any worse than than Mello was last yeah. year. It's also telling. I don't know. I think it's still – there's only been two Lakers, two players that were Lakers last year signed. This, That's so brutal. Yeah. it's And somehow DeAndre Jordan was the first one. Yeah, and he's not – like, that's not exactly no. like uh, – yeah. And then Malik, I believe, is the only other one, which we had yeah. this discussion a lot. Oof. That goes to show just how – rough that roster was but yeah Mello, ellington baysmore there is a i think baysmore probably ends up on a roster somewhere yeah. but like there is a zero percent chance ellington is signed zero percent ariza is signed no. howard might yeah. end up somewhere yeah i was a little surprised dwight didn't come back though i like both centers that they have yeah over him but yeah they a lot of those guys are just like Ariza was cooked. And yeah, there's guys who got who started many games for the Lakers who have a zero percent chance of being on an NBA roster. Yeah, so 
brutal, brutal look for the front <laughs> office on that one. But yeah, yeah man, this is uh, this has been fun. We'll have to to get you on again, and and not in the summer heat of Vegas, maybe. But uh, yeah, this has been fun, and hopefully LeBron doesn't do anything. We like I said, we're recording this before the game so hopefully lebron doesn't do anything to upstage this entire podcast but yeah. you never know who's going to show up to these games yeah so. like i said i'm rooting for chaos that Kyrie shows up and they dap up and then we have a story for at least a week <laughs> about how he did it with Kyrie and not russ so uh yeah if you guys enjoyed the episode be sure to subscribe uh we will be i will be back next week to maybe discuss a Kyrie trade and then we'll have summer league coverage and whatnot throughout the week on the, on the network. So yeah, appreciate you guys for checking in and we'll see you guys next week.